0: For 30 plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up.
1: Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth.
0: Don't let emotions win, let truth win.
1: Do your very best
0: and you should have a lot of fun while you do it and the better you get at something, the more fun you're gonna have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker, and this is episode number 150. Friends, I heard a friend say to me the other day, Christmas is coming and I can't stand it. I'm so stressed out already. What a sad commentary on a holiday that's supposed to be so much fun. From Thanksgiving to Christmas, we're really supposed to enjoy the holidays, to anticipate fun, to look forward to being with family. For so many of us, the holidays bring a tremendous amount of stress. And the truth of the matter is a lot of the stress is brought on by ourselves. So I'd like to talk about that today because the truth of the matter is we can enjoy the holidays and we can deal with our stress. There's a lot we can do to minimize it. And I speak as one who has a lot of experience in this field. I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. My mother had every decoration she could possibly get out for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the other holidays. So I had the experience of watching my mother celebrate the holidays and I felt growing up that I needed to replicate that. But it didn't matter that I was a working mom. My mother was a full stay at home mom. I wanted to add all of what she was doing to the list of everything that I was doing because I felt if I didn't, I was going to fall short. And that caused me a tremendous amount of stress until I realized I wasn't my mother. And it was okay. I didn't need to have a Christmas or a Thanksgiving like she did. And so many times, friends, we have this image in our mind of what we want the holiday to look like. We have all of these expectations. I want to be with my kids. I want to be with my parents. I want to have... Um, All my decorations up. I want to bake everybody's favorite cookie. I want the house to look great. But the reality is life just doesn't really go that way. So whatever expectations you have, just like I had about recreating my mother's Christmas, get rid of them simplify. Think about what you really want to do, how you want your Christmas to go, and write it down in three sentences. What are the three big things that you want to happen or that you want to enjoy during the holiday? And at the top of the list, I would put one. Think about what Christmas is all about and ponder it. Talk about it. Meditate on it. Pray about it. You know, when we think about the reality of Christmas, the idea that God came down from heaven and stuck himself in the tiny womb of a teenage girl and then was born for the purpose of showing us how much he loved us because he wasn't getting through to us because we were such numbskulls that the whole event blows your mind. It blows your mind. And yet this beautiful baby was born to die for us. Now, if you take just a month or a year to ponder the profound mystery of Christ's birth and the reason for Christ's birth, it's life-changing. So I would encourage you to put thinking about that at the very top of your list because i guarantee you if you start planning for your christmas there it's only going to get better don't start with the list don't start with the food don't start with who's going to be there for christmas and do you have room in your house to accommodate every don't start that way so when you think about pondering what christmas what really happened on christmas day that this little baby came to fight a war that we needed fought and to communicate to us how much God loves us. That alone is gonna prepare you for an amazing Christmas. And anybody can think on that. Second, write down what you really would like to get out of that Christmas. What do you want to have happen? Do you want to have everybody get along together? Do you want to enjoy your family? Do you want to give something to them? And if so, write that down so that you can be clear about what you really want and then prepare for that. If you want everybody to get along, how is that going to happen? How are you going to do that? And then third, I would encourage you to think about what are you going to give at Christmas? I don't mean presents. I mean, what are you, what love are you going to extend to people around you? How are you going to make those lives better? Because honestly and truly, if you want to give a wonderful gift to your family, give them the gift of you being in a good mood helping everybody get along. I'll guarantee you, that's what your kids and your spouse and your extended family really want. They don't want to be with you stressed out, worrying about the cookies, worrying about the dinner, worrying about the decorations, worrying about if everybody's having a fun time. They want to be with a mom or a dad who is calm, who is not stressed, who's not worrying about doing more than can actually be done, but is thinking about how can I make your life better today? How can I love you better? How can I serve you better? Yes, that's a word that we need to be reminded of, serving. We serve other people. That's why we're here. We're here to make the lives of our loved ones and our community better, period and that has nothing to do with food or Christmas preparations. So think on those three things. Think on those three things. And I promise you, if you think on them for a week, that will set you on the right course for having a wonderful Christmas. So in the meantime, how do you battle the practical stuff? Okay. How do you deal with do you have enough gifts for everybody? Does everybody have the same amount of gifts, the same pie? I did that just the other day. Does each of my grandkids have three presents? Because if they don't have three presents, I need to equal it all out. Plus I need to spend the same amount of money on each kid, which is impossible because they're all different ages. You need to think about money. You need to have a budget. You need to prepare for not having everything the way you want it to be. Lower your expectations. Lower your expectations and realize that the people who are with you don't care about what you're expecting. They don't care whether you have the right cookies or your house is picked up or the Christmas trees the right way. They don't care about that. They want to be with you knowing that you want to be with them. And if you're all wigged out, because you haven't checked up everything on your list and gotten everything right just the way you wanted to, you're gonna be a pain to be around. And nobody really wants to be about that. And believe me, friends, I've been the queen of pain to be around because I like everything just so in my house, but I've learned to give that up. If the house isn't clean when the kids come, who cares? If the meal isn't made, who cares? If their sheets haven't been changed, Who cares? They can help me do that. So we need to lower our expectations. And we need to, when we think about gifts, rather than stressing over what we should get everybody, ask every kid what is one thing that they'd really like, okay? Because you don't want to give kids, particularly adult kids, a bunch of stuff they don't want or they don't need. So ask them what they want. Tell them to give you a list of three things they'd really like and then go out and buy one of them. That's it. Easy, easy. And you'll keep your budget in check because there's nothing worse than going out and blowing your budget. And then it's January and you've got all these bills to pay. And then you're more stressed. You're stressed in December and in January. So think about that. Lower your expectations. Give everybody one gift. And if you don't have any money, Make them something, you know. This is goofy, but I used to always tell my kids when they were young. They say, "Mom, what do you want for Christmas?" And I would always say, "Draw me something," and their eyes would spin in their head. Or I'd say, "Write me a letter," or "Make me a card," and and write something that you love about life. And again, they go, "That is the dumbest thing." But you know what? That's what I wanted. I wanted a piece of their heart. I didn't want them to go buy me a pair of gloves or buy me, you know, a pair of earrings. I wanted a piece of their heart. So think about giving that to your kids for Christmas this year, a little piece of your heart. So how can you make that happen? Let's move on now and talk about some things that get a little bit tougher. And that is, how do you handle the holidays? Knowing that you're going to be with people who drive you crazy. And that happens a lot of times to people. Many people dread the holidays because they think, oh, I can't stand to be with my mother one more time if all she's going to do is criticize the way I'm parenting my kids and criticize my kids. I don't want to be there if my father, who he haven't seen in five years, suddenly shows up and wants to have Christmas with us. I don't want to be there with Uncle Joe, who comes drunk one more time. I don't want to be there with my sister-in-law, who's jealous of me, or who brings her two dogs, knowing that we don't like dogs. Write your own scenario. There's one or two or three people in your life that are going to be hard for you to deal with at Christmas. And even if you get along with them really well, chances are this Christmas that you're going to have something that divides you, i.e., vaccinations or politics. Do not, do not talk about vaccinations or politics, because even if you're on the same page with somebody, someone's going to say something that's going to offend you or divide you, and that goes nowhere good. I promise you it goes nowhere good, even though we feel like we can come to agree or disagree at the holidays. We don't. And somebody ends up storming out of the house. So how are you going to prepare for the conflict, whether it's just dealing with your mother criticizing you again, or an ex showing up at Christmas, or Auntie Joan or Uncle Joe showing up drunk or drinking too much? How are you going to handle that? Well, many people would say, just don't go. You know, if your mom makes rude comments to you or somebody at Christmas gets drunk, just don't go. Stay home by yourself. I don't really believe that. And here's why. We need to learn to deal with people that drive us crazy. Okay. If they're not being outright offensive or cruel to us or our kids, okay, if they're being cruel to your kids, you got to get out of there. But if they're just being kind of obnoxious, we need to learn how to deal with tough people. And when we leave or don't show up, we never learn how to do that. And I know that that's kind of a popular thing to do today, but I don't ascribe to that philosophy. So when you're thinking about who that person is that drives you crazy and how they're going to drive you crazy, start here. Try to pinpoint what it is about them that gets under your skin? Is it your mother criticizing you that upsets you because it reminds you of 25 years of being criticized by your mom and it takes you back to your childhood feelings? Or is it your uncle Joe drinking too much that reminds you of you drinking too much or a father drinking too much or being around somebody who hurt you a lot because they were drinking too much? I guarantee you, Whatever bugs you, really bugs you in that person is hitting on a nerve that doesn't have anything to do with that present moment. It's hitting on a nerve that has something to do with what happened to you a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years. So if you can figure out what that is, then you can face it and deal with it and go, wait a minute. You know, I'm a grown up now. My mother can say I'm a bad parent. But the truth is, when she says that, the truth is, she's a worse parent than I am. So you can remove yourself and say, Mom, you know, that's wrong. I'm my own person and you have no right to criticize me. Plus, your criticisms aren't going to hurt anymore because I'm a grown up. I'm not a kid. So you think those kind of things through in your head. Then you prepare for how you're going to deal with it. So when your mom comes up and says, You know what? I just can't believe that you let your kids run wild in the house. I can't believe you let your kids say that. I can't believe you let your kids talk to you that way, whatever it is. Okay. Get ready for how you're going to respond. I would encourage you to have a line or two ready to say, mom, you know what? I know you feel that way, but I don't want to hear you say that period. You don't have to explain. You don't have to go on. You just have to set your boundary and say, mom, I really don't appreciate you talking that way period. I'm the parent of my kids. I'm in charge of my life. And she may come back and she may henpeck again, but you say the same thing over and over. And this is setting healthy boundaries. I have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Also, when they start their bad behavior, step back a little bit and remove yourself and say, I refuse to allow that person to draw me into their vortex of misery. Because the truth of the matter is the reason people get to us so much is a, they remind us of something that happened in the past, or maybe they're just being a jerk and they don't remind us of anything, but also because people who are miserable have this ability to suck us into their misery. Don't be on guard for that. If you start to feel pulled in like, gee whiz, you know, I really am a miserable person. And gee whiz, maybe my mom is right. And gee whiz, maybe I should listen to my mom and correct my mistakes like my mom says. You will be miserable just like she's miserable. So don't. Say to yourself, no, that misery is hers. It's not going to be mine and I'm not going to wear it. Also remember People who are miserable in the same room with you during the holidays might be doing the best they can. And we always have to remember that. I'm not saying you have to feel sorry for them, but you have to try to empathize a little bit. Why is Uncle Joe drinking so much? Well, clearly he's got untreated depression, okay? Or clearly he's got a serious illness. Your mother who is constantly criticizing you or your ex who shows up at... uh, at Christmas clearly has some issues and some problems. They're not yours. Okay. They're not yours. And they may be doing the best they can because this is the only way they know how to cope and be glad that you know how to cope a lot better than you do. Now here's something that I have used when I've been in the company of people who are really offensive. I have a temper. My husband says, I'm 90% nice person, 10% pit bull. And when I let it rip, I can let it rip. And I've learned to keep a lid on it, okay? Because if somebody hurts my kids or offends my kids or offends my husband, I have Adam. And that's not okay. But here's something that I've learned how to do when someone is really offending me. I stop and I think about this line in scripture. And it comes from Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 20. And Paul is talking to people and he said, if your enemy, now listen, this is tough to swallow, but you got to listen to this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. Now enemy, not friend. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. Ouch. I don't feel like doing that. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. No, I don't feel like doing that either, but do it for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, that doesn't mean by being nice to somebody and doing something, you're going to hurt them. You're going to burn their head up with coals. No. What it means is by extending kindness to a person who's driving you crazy, who you might even not like, who's outright offending you by being kind to them, you turn them on their heels. They are shocked. They feel ashamed because your kindness stands in sharp contrast to the offense that they're pouring on you. So by actually being kind to them, you are throwing back to them the offense that they gave to you. You are forcing them to focus on their bad behavior, and that's what you really want to do. Plus, when you walk away and you haven't sought revenge or you haven't met their offense with one of your own, you walk away feeling like a stronger person, a more content person, and a person who's at peace. And you feel good about what you did. Again, not because you're trying to hurt them with the coals on the head, but because you're trying to meet offense with kindness. And friends, this is hard to do. Okay. I'm not saying this is easy to do, but I guarantee you. Once you start to practice it, you will see how well it really works. It diffuses tension, it diffuses hurt, and it diffuses the effect of what mean people are trying to do to you. So, to sort of sum things up, I want to encourage you to anticipate problems. Okay, anticipate who's going to be there who that person is that's going to drive you nuts, why they're going to drive you nuts, how you are going to refuse to get pulled into their misery, how you are going to prepare to meet their offense with kindness and throwing them completely off guard, and how you are going to not respond with venom. But the problem is that's the way you really want to respond to tough people. That's the way I want to respond to people. If they hurt me or they hurt my kids, I'm just going to fight back hard. Don't. Now, there are exceptions to this. And here are the exceptions. If someone is outright mean to your kids or rude to your kids or hurtful to your kids, it's time to leave. If someone is abusive towards you or your children, it's time to leave. And what you do is you pay your respects and you say, thank you for inviting me to whoever's invited you and you turn around and you leave. And it's really important because there's a limit to what you can endure. And there's a limit to how much you want your kids to have to endure. And I'm very defensive of kids. And so if they are around somebody who's being mean to them, your job as a parent is to get them out of there because they will get angry at you if you don't defend them in a real tough situation. So do your holidays have to be horrible? Does your Christmas have to be horrible? Absolutely not. Your holidays can be wonderful. They can be filled with joy. And even in the midst of hardship, and even the midst of planning for things to be a little bit hard, and even in the midst of lowering your expectations, pondering the three things you really want at the holidays and at Christmas, you are freed up then to focus on the joy. And friends, even if your mother is criticizing you. And I'm not trying to pick on mothers. That's my example. Write your own story. You know, talk about the person that's really going to drive you crazy at Christmas. Even in the midst of that, look around you. Look around you. There's so much to be grateful for. And I would really encourage you, even if your mother's standing there saying something mean to you, in your mind, shut her out. Okay. Distance yourself. Don't get emotionally Pulled in and look around and say in your mind, I'm so thankful that my sister's here. I'm so thankful that my nephew recovered from leukemia which my nephew just did. I'm so thankful that I'm alive. I'm so thankful that I have food to eat. I'm so thankful that I have a reason to celebrate. I'm so thankful for and make a list in your head. And as you go through the Christmas day or Thanksgiving day or the Advent season, the whole holiday season leading up to Christmas, think on those things. Because honestly and truly, if you think about the things that you're thankful for and that you're grateful for, I promise you, your mind will get stuck there. Your mind will start to ponder good things. And when you do that and you train your mind to think on things that you're grateful for, guess what happens to the hurt that comes when people start to offend you? it diminishes. It makes the offenses that your mother says to you small. It makes them hurt less. It makes the fact that Uncle Joe is drunk once again at Christmas sort of fade into the background. Yeah, it's not good and it's horrible that he's there, but it makes it fade into the background so that you can come into the holidays anticipating some trouble, but you can also anticipate joy and you can anticipate thankfulness you can even anticipate some fun and i want to close with kind of a fun thing that you can do at christmas particularly if you're anticipating a little bit of turmoil okay bring a game bring a deck of cards now that sounds goofy do it because when everybody sits down to watch a show or they go to a movie or you know they're just plopping around on the couch because everybody's so full pull out a game and put it on the table and say to people, hey, whoever wants to play a game, I'm starting. Whoever wants to play Euchre, come on in. And what you'll find is two or three people will come in and they'll sit down and they'll start playing the game with you and others will follow. They're going to want to watch. They're going to want to engage. And you can turn a little bit of a stressful situation into something that's easy and fun and light. So bring a game. If you want to bring a game for kids, bring Guess Who or Mancala or Candyland or whatever. Bring card games and ask if people want to play hearts or euchre or something else. And when you anticipate doing that and infusing a little bit of fun Regardless of what's going on in the house, regardless of the stress or or whether people are getting along or whether they aren't, you will at least give yourself some fun to look forward to. Friends, the holidays are a miracle. The birth of Christ is a miracle. It is God coming to us and saying, I see what's happening. I get what's going on. I know how much your mother hurts you. I know what it feels like to have Uncle Joe drinking again, but I got your back. And guess what? I'm in the celebration with you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Christmas. Now my three tips for today. One, visualize the day. When we're prepared for something, we're far more likely to succeed at what we want to do. So this Christmas, think about the day ahead of time. What joys are you going to feel? What frustrations are you going to feel? What trouble do you anticipate having? Then think through a plan about how to handle the challenges. Maybe you're gonna stay at someone's home for just a short time. Maybe you simply speak very little to a person who's gonna be hard on you. Plan ahead about what you'll say and do, and then be ready to do those. two remember to prepare your kids. We often forget to tell our kids what to expect when there's going to be conflict, and this frustrates them. Every child knows exactly what's happening between parents and grandparents or friends when conflict arises. So talk to your kids about how to handle it and tell them how you plan on handling it. Three, keep things really simple. If you get really wigged out at Christmas, back off on the decorations and the gifts and the baking. Make Christmas or Hanukkah relaxed and fun. Keeping things simple also means keeping your conversation simple. No talking about politics or anything else that triggers arguments. If you have differences with somebody to talk about, talk about them on another day not Christmas or Hanukkah. If someone tries to pull you into an argument, take a deep breath and simply smile and say, you know what, I'll discuss that on another day, but not today. Now let's review my three tips for the day. One, visualize the day. Two, remember to prepare your kids. And three, keep things really simple. And until next time, friends, always remember that great kids are raised, not born.
1: Hey, this is Mike, producer of Dr. Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. At the end of our podcast, do you wonder, okay, how do I apply this to my life, to my kids? Dr. Meg keeps these discussions going in our brand new Parenting Great Kids community. She gives you answers to issues and clear steps to take to resolve them imagine having the ability to ask Dr. Meeker a question about your issues with your kids. Well, now you can. We've created a new parenting great kids community where Dr. Meg answers readers questions, posts videos on topics, adds a new parenting course monthly and goes live with you once a month. Don't wrestle with your problems alone. Let Dr. Meg help you. Join us in the new PGK community. For more information, go to meekerparenting.com and look for the PGK Community tabs.